Hey, what's up? This is your girl, Diamond Styles, and I am the master chef, cooking you up something succulent and divine. It's your boy, Zaheer, and we are serving hot talk and cool iced tea. And I'm Mia Mix, here to set the tone and make sure the mood is right. So come on in and get comfortable. Pull up a chair, have the seat. You can even take your shoes off. Wait, not if your feet is down. <laughs> oh, hell <no>. <laughs> Welcome, <laughs> Welcome to, to Marsha's Place. The time has come for you to be the change you want them to be, yeah. No more running around filled with all hypocrisy, yeah. It starts from the inside, it spreads wide, and everything will be all right. Just know that it will be. Join the conversation. Hashtag Marshall's Plate. Oh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We want to hear what you guys have to say. So hit that hashtag. That's the number sign for you old people. M-A-R-S-H-A-S-P-L-A-T-E. Yep, that's it. Join the conversation. Well, hey, y'all. Hey. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> so um, in about three hours, I will be 37. Isn't that <laughs> 37? <laughs> so I think that's an interesting number because you know Jesus' year was 33. Mm. That's Jesus' year. He died when he was 33. So usually people call their 33 year Jesus' year. Um, and so I kind of celebrated when I when I hit 33. I was like, oh my God, my Jesus' year is over. This is really amazing. Da da da. And then I was like, okay, when I hit 35, we all know mm-hmm. it's a little dismal statistic, but we know the average age for a black trans woman is 35 years 35. old. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the life expectancy. That's a very dismal number. <laughs> and and so when I hit 30, up. say it again. So that's fucked up. It very <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> so when I hit 35, once I get over the 35 mark, I I'm a motherfucking elder. <laughs> hey. Wisdom, darling. <laughs> you know, I'm an elder and I beat the statistic. So mm-hmm. I'm so, so excited about, you know, beating the statistics. I wish more of us did <laughs> so that our average is not 35. Because think about that. That's How? That's like an epidemic. Right. That's when life is kind of just starting, I feel like. And I think I read something. All right. Like that's like midlife crisis time. That's not death time, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I think I read somewhere that back in the day, like when we were fucking fighting mammoths and shit, the life expectancy was low. Like that, <laughs> you know, when we was in the cave, caves and had to find food in the forest. Yes, and spear big ass animals. Yeah, we lived to thirty five on average because <laughs> we out here fucking with no medicine. Well, we had a little bit of something. A little one-two. One two, but we didn't have, we had things that was really knocking us off, big ass animals and not um, adequate health care. But the fact that black trans women's life expectancy is that low in the 2000s, in, in the 2018, is kind of crazy. So I'm excited to get older. And I feel like I'm in a special place. Like in your 30s, 
you're young enough to still be kind of relevant to young folks in their 20s mm-hmm. and still be in that kind of I'm still jazzy little taste mm-hmm. and then but you're old enough to have enough life experiences to where the older people respect your experience they, mm-hmm. like when somebody says they're 35 an older person don't say oh you're still young Unless they, oh, oh. <laughs> but, you know, like a 40, 50-something ain't looking at you saying, oh, you still young. You don't know nothing. You had enough experience. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they looking at you like, okay, you should have had enough experience to where you can um, engage with me and offer me something to this conversation. Mm-hmm. So you kind of get respect of older people in your 30s, and you don't seem out of touch to people who are younger, like in their 20s and in their teens. So I think that's a special place, and I enjoy being in that place. But I definitely want to get to 100. Right? <laughs> Isn't that me dope? A 100-year-old tr- trans on the wild. And if it's me. <laughs> say it and let it be. Yes. I'm like, Who is the oldest me. trans person? I don't know. The oldest one I know is Miss... Um, Miss Griffin, Major Griffin Gracie. How old is she? She's the one that that had the documentary called Major. No, no. How old is she? I think she's like seventy six or seventy seven. Hmm. Isn't um. I think some, but they might. That's the one I know. I'm sure it's somebody who's older. Who did you think? Well, how old is Lady Miss Sir Lady Java? She's still alive. I thought so. Oh, then if she's still alive, then she probably old as <laughs> the dust on Jesus' feet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how old it is, but I think I just, but it's kind of gets kind of dismal too. And also getting that old because all the people that you loved and that you grew up with are going to be dead more than likely. Mm-hmm. They're going to be like, when you think <clears throat> who made me think about this is um, Cicely Tyson. You know, she's like 93 or 94, 95, mm-hmm. something. She in her nineties. And she was like, all my people's dead. Like all my friends, my sisters, all my best friends, all my my mother, my father, everybody I knew in my youth is dead. Oh my! And so, yeah, you live that long, but it's like nobody is here with you that you love, that you appreciate. Yeah, hopefully you make connections. This is another thing why you should make connections with younger people because, you know, and keep it open to engaging with people of all ages so that you can have some friends in your 90s. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who's in their 50s right. <laughs> or who are in their 60s or something. Um, but that was kind of a dismal thought in my mind. I was like, God, you get old and everybody's dead. Damn. Right. <laughs> you thought it was going to be like, ah, everybody didn't live with me. I'll last it. I'll last it. Every one of you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you, ever, um, you ever just listen to older folks talk? Like, I do that on YouTube sometimes. I just listen to what wisdom they have to give. Uh-huh. And uh, most of them just say I take day by day. Like, I take it day by day. I'm just grateful for how far I've gotten. Mm. I don't regret anything. Mm. So it's just like I try to keep that mindset and that wisdom. And just pay attention to older folks, what they have to offer. Yeah. And I see a lot of people treat them like children. And they have so much wisdom. Mm. And I always hear or treat them... Like, they didn't get to where they are. They got to where they are. Now, sometimes some people just got to where they are because they don't take any risk. Yeah, <laughs> true. Very true. And usually I hear older people say stuff like that. Like, that. oh, if they say, well, if you could give me any advice, they always say, um, 
if you could give me any advice, what would it be? And they always say, just go for it. Wow. Like, don't, don't. I wish some risks that I, that I was able to take back then, I would have just took them. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have had any fear or I wish I would have just did this. I wish I did that. Right. It's always I wish I could have <laughs> right. did this. And I'm like, um, for me, looking at that is like, you know, never – don't get old and saying, I wish I did something. I right. wish I did that. I try to keep that because, mindset, too. I, yeah, because I don't want to be. It, Just do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just do it. So, so I wanted to say this. Um, it is my 10-year anniversary on YouTube <laughs> tomorrow on, hey. on Wednesday. So, Ooh. I'm excited. I'm so excited. My goal on YouTube my YouTube channel, you just search for me, Diamond Styles, and you'll find me. Um, my goal on YouTube was um, to get 10,000 subscribers. I have 10,000, more than 10,000 subscribers. Hey. Um, um, to have 2 million views. I've been had 2 million views. Hey. Um, these was my goals. And and it started off as like a, um, like a diary. And it turned into, I don't know, like it turned into just a, like a, a medium where I can share my trans experience and connect with other trans folks. Mm -hmm. And it taught me about trans men, just seeing them, not just the basic stuff, like, you know, um, you know, seeing them talk about the relationships and talk about their experience and how it really is opposite of ours, not opposite in um, a non-similar way, but opposite in you guys are coming from the female to male and we are coming from the male to female and this things are going to be similar in regards just opposite <laughs> and um and i thought that was interesting in regards to that it exposed me to so many wonderful people just around the country in the city i wouldn't have met you if i didn't have youtube because i'm rarely well, no, um not youtube i think we didn't connect through youtube well we could that's where it started Mm-mm. where bgc girl but I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been on BGC if it wasn't for YouTube. Oh, well then I guess it wasn't for YouTube. Then. <laughs> yeah, Girl, it wasn't for YouTube. Thanks to YouTube. Yeah, we are here today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was it just that it connected me to a lot of people because I got on BGC to post my videos okay. to get some traction to them, and it did. It got me a lot of um, views, <laughs> but it and that's the reason why I was there, and that's how I ran into you. Um, I, why I was in the chat rooms was to share videos. <laughs> and read. And read. And roast. <laughs> Roasting Forms. Oh, baby, used to read the, everybody down in the forums. So, I, <laughs> if you guys are uh, listening, go watch some videos. Tell me what y'all think. <laughs> yeah, I've been making videos. I'm too scared to take them off private. Cause they so embarrassing, but they Why? really, <laughs> cause I, I track my transition. Uh-huh. So it just makes me feel embarrassing in old videos where I look hella girly, but I know it, it, it inspired me seeing other trans men flourish and, you know, grow. Right. So I can imagine how many people I would help too, but I'd just be too embarrassed, but I see what they could do yeah. for you. I see you can meet a lot of people. You really can. You can, yeah. it, it, it exposed me. And another, and the difference between me and somebody on YouTube, and when I first started, was I had already been transitioned, so I didn't. My transition wasn't physical based, 
Right. Like it wasn't, oh, I just got on E and I've been on E for two months. I've been on estrogen for three months. I've been on estrogen for a year. My year anniversary. So you're seeing these changes. Mm-hmm. I had already been living my life for shit. Mm-hmm. God. Um, t- shit, 10 years? Damn. I think I got on YouTube in 08. Shit, 20. Not no fucking 10. 08. 90. No, 15. So you've been on YouTube for 15? No, 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 no. Oh. I'm talking about I had already been in transition for 15 years. So when I came to YouTube to start in 08, like I I was already living my truth for so long that I had all these stories and life experiences to share Mm -hmm. and that's what people resonated with like the stories and stuff that I had experiences that were outside of physical transition what my F to F did what what my um was it um FFS did I'm sorry FFS did what my um what the hormones did to me what the physical stuff that everybody worries about on YouTube, because they always talk about when yeah, you look at trans videos, physical, stuff. physical, and um, how long I've been in transition, how long I've been on T, how long I've been on estrogen, uh, to surgery, you know, TFM before and after, knowledge. what my breasts look yeah. like here, and when I got my chest done here, and it's all that kind of stuff. Um, but mine were actually life experiences in the world, and not just physical. And I think that's what resonated to um, a lot of people about me. Hmm. And, yeah, and, yeah. Um, and it and it oh, it made it forced me to think about it. What was special to people? Like what would help people coming up? And mm-hmm. so my stories was based around that, like relationships and love and um, life experiences in regards to like school and work and all that kind of stuff. So hey, be prepared. This is what could happen to you. <laughs> <laughs> these are the negative things that can happen this is how i overcome them and it taught me to think of my life in regard to that like like mm-hmm. what have i learned in this whole process because i'm trying to share it with the world on youtube i have to think about what did i learn in this situation what did i learn in this situation because sometimes we go through life and we're not thinking about the lessons that we learn we're just kind of living mm-hmm. and so sharing it in story form forced me to see what is my point of telling this story to the people Mm-hmm. What is my point of telling my story to um, what is a young trans man that's 20 going to learn from uh, 26, 20, 39, 39, 37, 30, wherever I'm going to be? Th- what are you going to learn from me? Yeah, because when I came across your videos, it was around a time where I was still kind of early in transition. And I was kind of thinking hormones are God. Mm-hmm. So it, like when I came across yours, because um, I was exploring different people that went off of hormones. Mm-hmm. And then I came across one of your videos to where you were talking about basically hormones didn't doesn't really validate you. Mm, so yeah. I, it, may, it resonated with me. It made me feel better about the situation that, okay, I don't really need hormones to be me fully. Right. But it helps. But that's your choice. It, help, it helps your look. Right. It helps you look and help you blend and help you um, get acknowledged mm-hmm. as the gender that you're trying to, um, not trying to, but gender that you want people to see. Mm-hmm. You want people, your insides to match your outside. So you want people to acknowledge you. So with 
with hormones and surgeries, it puts you in a better place to get acknowledged. Right. And so it's important in that regards, but it it's not important for you to be it. Right. It's not important for um like I would never tell a woman, oh you never tell a trans woman, are you not a woman till you get some titties? Cuz I used to think like that when I was younger. Yeah. Like if you, if you don't have no breasts, I would be like I don't take you seriously. <laughs> <laughs> like you could get out of drag and you back up to being a boy. How am I know you serious? Like, it, and, it, and that's what it was. Like, I would, it, I, those, these litmus tests of what was a woman. Like, you had to have breasts. What other things? You had to be full-time. Like, if you were sometime, nope. It was no go. Uh, you Just is like still a, a butch queen. Of what it is to be a trans What it is woman. to be a trans woman. Um, I never was the kind of girl who thought if you were a top, you're not a trans woman. It's some trans women that think like that. Like if you mm. use your penis, mm-hmm. you use, we talked about this before. But if you use your penis, you don't. You're not a trans woman. You just, I don't know what you are, but what they think they are. But <laughs> I don't know. But that's what people think. And me, I'm like, I never was that person. But I definitely was the person who would think that if you ain't got no breasts, <laughs> nah, bro. <laughs> you, know, you know what's crazy though? Like I realized that how big of an impact FFS does on trans women though. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, if you really just disregarded everything else and you got FFS, it would like be hard for me to tell. Not that I'd be looking, mm-hmm. but <laughs> trying to pick out your womanhood. But it's crazy. Like I was mm-hmm. really researching trans women, different mm-hmm. like the different surgeries, <coughs> and like I saw FFS and I was That's like, really wow. Good. Yeah, it, it really cha- it changes the game for some people. Not all everybody. But for a lot of people, it changes the game. Yeah. It's it, crazy. It getting that brow bone <laughs> off your fucking forehead. <laughs> <laughs> when you get that brow bone off, baby, and that jawline fixed. It made me be it made me be like, damn, do I need to get something to masculinize my fucking jaw? Like, oh no. But me would be saying with time if I stay on my hormones, eventually some stuff would come. Yeah, yeah. you just got to be patient. I did <laughs> the same thing. But you got to uh, think about it with us. Okay, so a woman, a, a, a little girl going through puberty, so they could start start their cycle at, you know, the youngest, like eight. Like, they could be, it could be eight yeah. or maybe even younger, just depending. Um, but eight, that's not, that's really early, mm-hmm. but that's hella possible. Early. Yeah. That's hella early. Like, <laughs> Uh, I know a few people who did, who started early. Yeah, my um, sister started early. So. so it could be, so your hormones could start, and you still could look like an eight-year-old, but your hormones mm-hmm. in your body is saying, hey, your womanhood is waking up, mm-hmm. you know? And so, but they might not start looking like a woman till when? 17, 18? Mm-hmm. So from eight to 17, that's like 10 years of that hormone being in your system for you to get that woman look mm-hmm. you know because a teenage girl could have her hormones she's going through the puberty already but she still looks like a teenage girl right. like her it hasn't changed her and same thing with men yeah you got a little peach fuzz so testosterone is in your body but you still look like a little teenage high school right i mean <laughs> like mm-hmm. i look young and so when people said when when a, a trans man's been on t for two years you're like a 10-year-old. 
True. You see what I'm saying? True. Like you, it's like a ten year old. Their hormones started when they were probably eight, nine, ten. I know mine did yeah. when I was a little boy. It's my hormones started to come. Like I started getting hair on my little stuff, probably around nine or ten. Yeah, I hit like thank God my transition went slow. It's like bittersweet, but it's like I'd be thinking about less time for me to go bald, like. Mm, all day. <laughs> so for some testosterone yeah. all day ass quick, <laughs> baby. Um, the hairline push back. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So anyway, we went on a tangent. Where is our your topic for? Well, who's gonna go first? Mia. Uh, I always go first. I'm not going okay. first this round. <laughs> you going right, you going first. <laughs> okay, so I was exploring about how my mindset changed as far as pro your race. Like being so, pro black. Right. So, I was I was thinking, hmm, do I consider myself pro black? At one point I did. I was just all for black everything until I realized, hmm, I actually don't know much about this other 30%. Um, wait, is it 30? <laughs> I don't know. This big percentage of Native American is huge percentage of uh, Spanish. So I was like, basically, I'm disregarding a lot about myself. I feel like I'm disregarding a lot about myself. So I kind of just left all of the pro-blackness alone. And I just been I just been saying, okay, I'm just pro right. Like, I don't know. I feel like thinking in terms of race is really kind of childish in a way because you try to show that there's a difference when there's really not a difference. But um, yeah. So <laughs> basically, I'm saying, um, can too much pro race, quote unquote race, can it be toxic? Explain a little bit more when you say um, being pro-race. Like, so you mean like pro-black and pro-white or yeah. pro-whatever. What do you mean? Can it can it be like, can it shut you off to the world and only see from one cultural perspective? Like, is there the like, I don't like, could there, is there a way it could be, is there any way it could be toxic to be pro-race? Well, yes, absolutely. I th- I think yes, it can. Uh-huh. Um, but for a different, I guess, a different reason. Um, I live in a both and and world. Uh-huh. Like so, I think you can be like I think this is a question. I think we talked about it before we um started. Um, I think this is a question that biracial people really um they grapple with. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and y'all biracial people. So you are. So you mm-hmm. know, like you, you were saying that your mom is a whole Spanish woman. Mm-hmm. You know, and your dad is black. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for you to be um, fully pro-black seeing that your mother is this whole Spanish woman. Mm-hmm. So for me, I would, my response to that would be, both in and like you can be pro-black and love your mama you right. can be pro-black and pro-spanish <laughs> you can be you can give honor to your blackness giving honor being pro-black does not mean that you're anti everybody else you yeah. see what i'm saying like you can 
honor your blackness and honor everything else about you. You can honor your culture. I actually think that when you get to being so pro-black where you anti-everything else, you're doing what white people do. Mm, Racist white people do. I think we like them hotep ass niggas like where they yeah. so pro black that um it's a it's start to be elitist and it's only a certain type of black that's I've acceptable. Actually seen that. Yeah. Like I seen this one guy I don't forgot what his name. He was on the I think he was on the Breakfast Club and he was he was saying that Umar, Umar Johnson. Is it yeah. the one that was talking about if you date outside your race yeah, then it's foolish. Yes, and then I seen this one guy on King um, Hotel. Is that that's his name? Yeah, Cooper Hotel. Baby, and then there was this other guy. Um, I don't know who he was, but he was just on his uh, phone video recording, and he approached like a, a biracial couple. The, uh, it was a black man and a white woman. He was like, "Are you seriously sitting here, eating with this white woman? You didn't see it." But he was I like, see. Um, he was like, "So you couldn't find no other." You couldn't find a black woman to satisfy you. You're actually sitting here with the white woman, and he was just going off. And like, while they were just eating lunch together, I don't know where he just approached him and was wearing mm-hmm. him out. I was like, oh my gosh. But yeah, I cool. see, I see that that's who a lot of the pro-black people kind of look up to. That's what confused me. Explain that. Like when when you, we talk about pro-blackness, I always think of people like that. Because they, they bring them on all these panels and then mm-hmm. they kind of try to show this is what pro-blackness is. You know what I mean? Like they brought Umar Johnson on The Breakfast Club. So they bring in these people that don't really have a lot of different perspectives. So it kind of gives this image of pro-blackness to where it confused me. So I'm like, where do I fit as a biracial trans man that's been raised black? But <laughs> I can't. So I'm like, I might as well go over here with all of the Spanish people. Mm. That's kind of how it was for me. It's never, but I see with the grapevine, which I like, I see a lot of pro-blackness that show. I see a lot of pro-blackness and everybody is kind of open-minded. That's the pro-blackness I've been looking for. Well, I think even on that show, I think that you have different, it's it's a panel. So it's a bunch of people on that show. So you got the Carls. On great the grapevine, who are the fucking left, the <laughs> a black man that voted for Trump. He's like the right conservative, anti-gay, and he won't say call himself anti-gay, but he has some real fucking problematic anti-women, anti-LGBT views. He just is cordial. You see what I'm saying? Like he has some real problematic mindsets around certain things. That's why he's a Republican. Like, it's stuff like that. Like, but then they have other people who are more left and more um, black feminism and more. They just have a panel of people where Umar Johnson is one ideology, his own. And you get what I'm saying? So when you bring him on a show, he's just going to tell you what his is. It's not a panel. He's not bringing a panel of different views. He's bringing his own, which if, if that view, which it is is problematic then that's what we're gonna see but i totally get you now i'm not biracial but i get what you're trying to say especially when we have the colorism conversation and sometimes they would make you feel like it it you have to like you're on the opposite side like um like when we have the color same thing when we were talking about um black panther and when it was bringing up the the it wasn't an, enough light skinned people in there. Mm-hmm. Like for me, 
You didn't need that. It just was like a, a movie celebrating like being black. Right. So it didn't, it wasn't, I didn't need it. Like it, I didn't, because I identify with being black. Yeah. You just know. This is talking about me too. Right. I'm included in this. Um, So I didn't feel like, and because I know the history of colorism and how, why they needed it to be a lot of dark skin, brown chocolate right. people, why they needed it. Like it's, I don't feel threatened by that. Uh-huh. Like, I don't feel like, oh my God, where's the light skin people? Where's my representation? Or the LBGT. <laughs> or the LGBT. Like I, I don't, I don't need it. Like I didn't need it in that moment because I knew why this moment was important. And so I didn't have to, in my mind, I didn't have to choose. It would have been cool to see someone with albinism on there, though. It was just a thought when I was watching. I was Mm -hmm. like, it'd be cool to see that that's a part of the culture. And yeah. But that's a part of everybody's culture. Right. That's true. To see that. Yeah. Yeah. I get what you're saying. I don't know. I just (laughs) forgot about that. It's not, it's not in, it's not important for me to be represented all the time yeah i didn't have a life of people telling me that i was ugly because of the things that i got going on with me i didn't have a life of somebody telling me that because i was a certain i had a certain look that um i couldn't succeed or i couldn't do certain things true I didn't True. have that experience, so I didn't need it to be. I don't. I didn't need. I didn't. I had the vanities. I had the Tisha Campbells. I had the Jasmine guys. I had. I had those mixed girls, the Mariah Careys. I had them. Mm-hmm. I had people to look like me, True. and I had Whitney, and I had all the dark skinned girls because I was black, so I related to them. So I didn't need to see myself in regards to that kind of stuff. So I didn't have a moment of where I felt like I needed to be separate from them. So I didn't have a moment where I needed to question my pro-blackness because I'm black. Like I didn't have people telling me I wasn't black. And when, and when you have people that when I hear people do that, like when I hear people invalidate my black experience because I'm light skinned, uh-huh. I think they're like Omar, Omar, Umar, or whatever fuck his name is, Johnson. Like you just a hotel nigga that don't understand that I'm black, motherfucker. Like right. I still, when I go to the store, yeah, I'm light skinned, motherfucker. And maybe sometimes my light skin might Get you stop through. a motherfucker <laughs> from thinking I'm still in. But most of the motherfucking time, they still following me around this store. Yeah. <laughs> The same Bec- way. The same way. Because I'm not white. Regardless of my proximity of whiteness, uh-huh. regardless of the privilege that does come with light skin, that we have to admit that that is just the facts. Uh-huh. That's just it. It's just the history of the country. But regardless of that, I don't look like a white person. True. I don't <laughs> look like a white person. So, therefore, when I come into the room, I'm still a other. Regardless if they look at me saying, oh, you're not just a regular black. I can tell you got something in there. You're exotic. You know, it might be that, but I'm still a person of color. I'm still somebody that they're going to, there's going to be some negative consequences of me being other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that does, And that doesn't mean that I don't acknowledge the privilege. That doesn't mean that I, um, uh, I, it's it's just a both and and world. Like I feel like I can be 
I can be black, pro-black, without being so toxically pro-black that I can't embrace other people. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's when I think that's when the toxic toxicity comes in when you're so pro-black that it cuts you off from the rest of the world, mm-hmm. and you forget that we all human. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Like when. Black Lives Matter turns when you're so pro-black that Black Lives Matter turn into only Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. We know that's not what it is. What we we know that Black Lives Matter means Black Lives Matter too. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? When somebody does the rebuttal of all lives matter, no, Black Lives Matter. Why we're saying this is because this the the statistics show that Black Lives don't matter to you motherfuckers. So mm-hmm. we have to say Black Lives Matter right. too, but. The what we're getting to when we get to the point where black lives matters in that all just as equally as the rest of them, then the next level is all of us. All of us is still human because once we get down from the race, we all human. Right. Uh-huh. So when it gets so toxic to where it looks like I'm so pro black that I'm really just trying to co-opt white supremacy in order to flip it and take over it. Uh-huh. <laughs> still do the same wrongness but just be a black face on top of it, yeah. that's still wrong. Mm, right. <laughs> kind of like black men who want to, who take up the mantle of the, that whole patriarchy and da 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 where you just want to take the white man's place. Right. You just, you don't want to change to where we're equal. You don't want to change to where women have power. You want... you equal power, equal footing, equal rights, you still want your foot under the neck. You mm-hmm. just don't want the white man's foot on your neck. You want to mm-hmm. be in his position. That's why you covet the white woman. That's why you do these things mm-hmm. <laughs> that really just mimic him. That's mm-hmm. why you covet her. That's why you praise her long hair. Oh, she ain't got to wear a weave. It's all down her back. You demonize everything about a black woman. To make her look like she's special, the mm-hmm. white woman, yeah. because you covet what the white man has. True. You want to replace him. Mm-hmm. It's not, you don't want to dismantle white supremacy and demand, dismantle patriarchy and that. You just want to replace it. You want it to be a black face. You want it to be pro-black. Yeah. And that's not <laughs> right either to me. Yeah, that's that, that. it was hard for me to define that distinct difference. Because, you know, I kind of grew up in a time where internet was getting real popular. Mm-hmm. So it would just be those faces that will be the most popular. So right. it's just confusing. <laughs> so and I'm think like, about I'm right. <laughs> we got to do some work around, like trans folks got to do some work around um, the binary too. Because think about it. Like if we're just living, like we've talked about how we, like me and you, we like to live, we okay with the binary. Like all of us, you do. Yeah. Um, we okay with the binary. You just a boy. <laughs> you just a girl. I'm a girl. And yeah. we're kind of living in the extremes. Like you present as a boy, we present as girls, and we're okay with that. But that doesn't that leaves that means we're kind of condoning that binary. Like Yo, the box. I actually this. really been debating I'm sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. Been debating about whether I wanted to come out to work. I say don't do it. <laughs> I thought about it, but let me tell you what happened to me. When I, like, I, can't I say work. don't do it. <laughs> okay, it was like a plus and a negative type of tea when I was at Conduit. Oh, 
that none of my know what that is. Go ahead. You might have some Houston listeners. You might. Yeah, no, just go. They don't know where anyway. I work. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, when I was working there, um, the re- but the, my reasoning was because I didn't want people because I knew my team was gonna get out because my name wasn't changed. So <laughs> I knew somebody was gonna be shady and say my name in front of a whole group of people, or somebody wasn't gonna tell higher management what I told them to tell me what to call me. So I was just like, I don't got time for people to be like, oh, did you know that's a tranny? That's a, that's actually a man, and oh, and people sitting there trying to to monitor me going to the restroom and stuff. Because at the time when I started working at the company, <clears throat> that's what everything was going through. We were going through the bathroom rights, and that that's something that um, what was in North Carolina where they had um, it had started. But anyways. I just like I don't got time for this. I want you wow. girls to know what my tea is. It's inevitable for you to find out. So once you find uh. out, you're not gonna say that I tried to trick you in some way because I I didn't want everybody to feel like you wanted to nip it in the bud. Yeah, I just yeah. I just I, I I am who I am, and you either gonna take it or leave it. And if you want to play with my time, I know some advocates. We could definitely call the news truck up <laughs> here and make it a, a ma- and make a day of it. And right. I and that's how I presented myself. Well, <laughs> that's how my I let them know. my but, ch- my train of thinking is okay. It's already a very colorful environment. Everybody, it's a lot of openly gay people, even the openly trans woman there. Everybody respect her pronouns, call her by the right name. They'll say a little little something one two. They won't say it to her face, but everybody still respects her pronouns. So me feeling like a trans man, we already don't have a lot of visibility, and people just feel like they could talk any kind of way around about trans people and gay people around me. Like people would be like, everybody's so confused here. Meanwhile, they in front of a whole trans man. So I'm just like, why won't I just? I'm saying trans men need more visibility, but at the same time, we kind of just like, oh, I'm going to be in the shadows. And I feel like in a way that's kind of selfish, but at the same time, I'm like, hmm, I just want to be normal and have a normal work life. <laughs> but I know I'm not going to be there forever, so it's just like, hmm. I see. <laughs> Let them think what yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I can't advise on that. I'm always pro. Keep your business to yourself and make your money and go home. <laughs> but... If you feel safe and you feel comfortable, go for it. If you feel like this is a um a moment, a teaching moment that you can create, then I'm never the one to say don't go for it. Yeah. I go for it. Like if you if you feel like this, if you safe, you feel safe, and this is a space that you can say, hey, I can be open in this space. I don't have to have the fear. Then go for it. Like I said, in that regards, but <laughs> in general. <laughs> in general, when it comes to work, my coins. <laughs> right, you don't want it to get in the way of it fucking up your money. Yeah, <laughs> I, just, I just don't because, and this is coming from experience. Sometimes when you touch an iron uh-huh. and it's hot, you learn. Not sometimes when you touch an iron and it's hot and it burns the fuck out of you, you kind of fearful to touch that iron again, right? Mm-hmm. Because it burned. You know that there's just <laughs> some consequences to this shit. So I done been fired from a job about my transness. So it's hard for me to advise somebody, yes, be open about your transness. Right. Activism, black power, <laughs> trans power. Da, 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 da. It's hard for me to do that because I know the real consequences in real life that can happen. And if you don't tell it, it could just you could avoid it altogether. And it's like, oh, it's just I I know 
I know how that could burn. So I'm always going to be in general because this is about right. your money. Like if this was a situation like you at a, as a, at a church or you were a part of a group or you just <laughs> nothing right. that affects your livelihood. Right, right. And right. you were worrying about if you should be open, then I would be like, yeah, be open. But because it's, it's about your coins. Yeah. I'm always <laughs> like, uh, but fight that tr- visibility battle somewhere else that don't involve your coins. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Yeah, I think maybe around the time where I'm feeling like I'm done with the job. About to leave. I want to know all you messy bitches that was reading. I got a pussy. <laughs> Surprise. Surprise. <laughs> right. Now I got a pussy. <laughs> It probably be some like, people that would live like what? It would change a lot of perspectives, it and that's might. what I feel like trans men need right now. Because yeah. we are so in the shadows, and it's annoying. Because when people think of transness, they be like, "Oh, a lady with a dick." Like, but yeah. Y'all, y'all <laughs> because y'all, but I think it is. Mm. <laughs> it's kind of our fault, though. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking. I'm yeah. like, mm, y'all kind of do this. Right, y'all we kind of go and so. be stealth and say, "Oh, I'm gonna take this I, male privilege and go on by my mother's right. business." <laughs> make my coin, and make ain't my coins, and just do my thing. <laughs> moving on, which is what I wanted to do, but now I'm like, no, like I want to do something different for the world. Be the change I want to. That's true. I I think <laughs> I'm never gonna talk to, against that. Yeah. Go for it. Um, so back back to what yes. we talk, to to end this part of the subject. You can be. We are in a both and and world. You can be pro black, and be pro your mama and pro everything and be black and be okay and don't. Because I think that that anti blackness comes in when you try to. Um, because the world is lending itself to be anti-black. When right. you try to be even, it still leads you to be anti-black, to me. When you try to Makes be sense. even? Yeah, when you try to be even, oh, I'm trying to be equally black Makes and sense. equally white. I'm, I'm, I'm biracial, so I'm going to give honor to my white <laughs> side and give honor to my black side. Uh-huh. When you when you try to be even, even plus not even, it's not even. If you The medium of that is still not even. Because yeah, <laughs> so, you don't really acknowledge the yeah, real problem. Right. It forces you so. to try to not acknowledge it. Exactly. Right. So you have to be <laughs> pro-black and... Right. I'm sorry. I Go thought ahead. about another thing. It was a lady I saw on YouTube. Her mom passed as white. And I so she kind of yeah. just paid it dust, her blackness dust, and like that's disregarded work. the birth certificates. I was like, yeah, see, I just no, seen that today too. that's some suck that's shit. Yeah, I'm not going to do, do that. that. <laughs> like, like, you, like, you had to lie about And she was, was wearing gloves and hot ass sun. And so she, she was wearing makeup dark, to bed. Big old hat. Girl, if you're going to take your ass on. And umbrella so you couldn't get dark. Asian. That's a lot. That's some Asian shit. That made me think of being trans. Yeah, that's silly, and and it and I think that's what I was that's what I was saying about the we need to work on how we present the binary too. (laughs) Not that it's not okay to live the binary because it's the norm of the of the world, but we have to make sure when we have a conversation about trans is that we are including those non-binary people and saying it's all right for them to exist as well if they want to be. Because I sometimes I'm real judgmental. Like when you see them people, like the dudes that be having beers and be wearing dresses and lipsticks, and they're (laughs) like, I'm trans and I'm. There was a time that I was like, "Ooh, what girl?" <laughs> it was I was real judgmental, but if I'm trying to be the change that I want to see, I have to make room for them. Right. I have to make room for that really extremely queer 
space because that's what makes it change me tipping out of this me tipping out of this door and people automatically assuming because i'm passable that i'm a woman is not making change right it's those people who navigate the world in that middle ground in that middle space where you can't tell if they're a man or a woman and they're expressing themselves in whatever way that they want to express making a safe world for them is doing the work because it's kind of like a, a masculine gay boy you know how you in the in the gay male culture they'll say you know i want to need i want a, a masculine dude i want to go out in the world where motherfuckers can't tell but it's the ones who who get the bullshit is the one that they can tell right. the ones that wear the makeup the wear the heels that who express themselves in a more feminine manner them are the ones that we fighting for motherfucker mm. if you just look get, if you yeah. just look like if you just look like a, a regular straight dude going to the gym you're not gonna get gay yeah. bash <laughs> if you look like a regular woman and you're a trans woman yeah you go out to work or go out to that you're not gonna get bashed or attacked because you look like a woman nobody we are fighting for the motherfuckers who yeah don't look like it mm. i'm fine i'm fly i'm fighting for the clock boxes to be <laughs> able to live when you're not on the life. moan. Right, live that life until moan. they feel comfortable and even if they don't feel comfortable. Exactly, wherever you are them. at. Yeah. Um, I'm li- I'm fighting for the films. I'm fighting for the masculine women who you can tell they gay, who can't hide it. I'm fighting or for the masculine women. Well, not even the masculine women. The, the femme women who have something wrong with their jeans and they grow beards and that's all of that. that Let me be with. whoever you are. Or <laughs> the men they got you know grow titties and that's not something exactly. That they're doing. So embrace um, your titties. Yes. Yeah, so we we have, <laughs> we have to be pro black. We have to be pro queer. We have to be pro whatever that is not the norm in order to make it safe for them. And I know that we are, our safety revolves around us blending. I know our safety revolves around that. So I know that we have, that's important to us, but we also got to acknowledge what we're fighting for. And assimilation does not move culture forward for the people who cannot assimilate. Hell yeah. Anyway, next topic. Me and Z, we always be looking at documentaries. And we were looking at this documentary that was made in... 1967 yeah and they were um interviewing like six trans women they were like yeah you I, know these I men are get no links oh, oh. <laughs> it was just oh, <laughs> well I, can, I got you but oh, okay. um, so let me let me get the it links. was sickening yeah. and um they were like well we know, all know this is illegal masquerading Mm. And it was just interesting the way they they <laughs> were coming for them and how they just stood up for what they believed in, even though they was because uh, he said he made a comment to one of the girls. He was like, and you're one of the tallest one, huh? How tall are you? <laughs> and she was like, I'm six foot and I'm the most beautiful one out the bunch. Amen. How are you? <laughs> and I, I just got my life. Just the, the fact that they were introducing it. And I thought at in the beginning, I thought he was coming for all of them because he was reading them. And at the end, he said um, something about how will we, how do we still view them as gay or do we accept them as the women that they are in this society? How do would you view them? He, and I was like, oh, so he actually kind of was living for them. But it was it's, interesting. It's called uh, Queens at Heart, 1967. Okay. Send me the link so I can watch it. Okay. All right, next subject. <laughs> so... The next subject to March. Ooh, Lord. The we next subject. 103, <laughs> bitch. Come on. <laughs> the next subject to Marsha's play is from Netflix. I watched, um, what is this movie? Mudbound. The uh, movie with Mary J. Blige in it. Uh-huh. 
And um, what's funny thing? I was, I'm just thinking about how high I was when I was watching it, and the acting <laughs> was just hilarious. <laughs> he was kicking the whole is, movie. Mary is getting Oscar buzz for her role, y'all. Baby. They saying she did really good. Y'all didn't did think it was job. good? I ain't watched it yet, so I don't know. You should see it. It's about two hours long, but it's really worth it. Mm-hmm. I don't want me to spill the tea. Well, I might as well. Tell they me what see, you took from it. Um, what I took from it, um, there were a couple of scenes in it where it, it because you know, you know, most, um, racial films, you always see that the black, the white folks is always against the black folks and there's a lot of racial things, but it was interesting that you seen some scenes where, um, there were the white folks were actually living for them and they were, they were making peace, but they had to hide it, of course, because of society and there was a, uh, a point where one of the the guys, the um, Mary J. Blige's son, basically, he had an affair when he went off to war with a German woman. She was white. He ended up having a baby by her. She sent a picture to the house to him, and he ended up making friends with the um, sharecropper son, who actually was in war as well. So that's how they kind of connected. And... um. He was driving home. I guess they had met up. They he, they were driving. He was driving home or whatever. They were drinking. He showed the a guy the picture. He accidentally left the picture in the car. His people were really prejudiced. So long story short, he ended up they ended up getting the guy, the sharecropper son, not the sharecropper son, but the sharecropper son, and the um, Mary J. Blige's son, beating up the sharecropper son, and making him choose how the. Uh, Major Ablodge's son died because of the affair. He's um, They beat him up to a pulp and told him, it's either your life or his. And these are three ways, or I think it was a couple of ways they said they was going to kill him. Either cut off his ear, cut off a ligament, or his, or um, cut off his piece. And he, he told them what to do, and they killed him. And at the end, he ended up killing the grandfather, which was the one who did everything. But it was just interesting because a lot of people... Um, I don't know. You, I guess being biracial, seeing that, it kind of triggered me. I was like, oh my gosh! Like a lot of people, um, think they was kind of easy. I feel like being biracial then, and um, um, just how I wouldn't say that they think it's easy. It's just back then, your proximity to whiteness could have got you out of slavery. I don't know. I just thought it was an interesting topic, to be honest. Let me. So I I don't feel I think I think I know what you're talking about. So you're talking about the house nigga and field nigga type of like the everybody. The myth is that the house nigga had all these privileges and it was just they were just living in the epilapa luxury in the in that big house, right? Mm-hmm. So that is a myth, and there is some truth to it, and then there's some um, hyperbole kind of yeah. to it there's some exaggeration so what we know is that just like now but more so then your proximity to whiteness had some perks to it so if you were a biracial child that really looked white but you just so happen to be right we just talked about the lady what was her name z um the one that was with the gloves 
I don't oh, remember her name. I don't know, but, but, but I know you talk. She was from Louisiana. Yeah. Yeah. So she looked white. So she moved from Louisiana from her black family mm-hmm. and moved and married a white man so and just lived pass. it so she could pass. That was, she assimilated herself into white culture so she can get the benefits of being white in this country. Mm-hmm. So there is benefits to being white. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So if you were able to pass that far deep into whiteness, then you did that because there was privileges that come. So there are some people who don't have the privileges of passing, even though they're light skinned. And so they would get certain benefits like, oh, you look less slavey. <laughs> mm-hmm. You look less slavey. So let's have you in the house and have you dressed up like us and cooking for us. But one book, this is a fictional book, but um, it kind of shines some light on it. Because it was based on some truth, uh, based on her grandmother. It was a book called Jubilee. It's, it's by Margaret Walker Alexander. And one of the main characters is named Viri. And she was one of the slave master's daughters. And because he knew that this was his child, she, he the, 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 the black child looked exactly like the white child. From the from the white woman looked exact. They looked exact. They looked like sisters, and they everybody on the plantation knew that this was his daughter, and so he didn't want to ship her off nowhere, and so he had her work in the house. So the black, the black original person who was in the house was a dark skinned woman. It wasn't a light skinned woman. It was a dark skinned slave. So sometimes. The person who cooked the best could be a dark-skinned woman, and she was the house slave. Mm-hmm. It wasn't necessarily the light-skinned woman that was the house slave. So they had the light-skinned girl come in, and she taught her how to cook and taught her how to take care of the house. Now, the light-skinned girl's privilege, it got her put in the house. If she wasn't light-skinned, she wouldn't have been in the house. Uh, she wouldn't have been there. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? But the dark-skinned woman was still there already. And so another thing, because the mistress of the house knew that this, I know you, my fucking husband's baby. He ain't going to tell me he been in them slaves quarters messing around, but you look just like my motherfucking daughter. So I know that this is his baby. Mm-hmm. And so she would beat her and mistreat her and hang her in closets up her arms up on the wall in the closet like literally hang a seven-year-old girl in the closet mistreating her because she had access to her because she was in the house she had Mm -hmm. she was in direct contact with this lady to mistreat her Mm -mm. and so it wasn't a privilege that she just got that yeah she was in the house but she was getting getting more more out by being in the house and another thing if they think you are closer to them, even though they were sneaking in the, in the slave quarter fucking the dark-skinned girls, too, you being light-skinned, you ain't exempt. They going to try to get some of your puss, too. So when you in the house, you going to get you you have a closer proximity to them, and they, they going to rape you, too. Yeah, that, that was what they did. They they usually used some of the, the mixed girls mm-hmm. as, um, as some of the sex slaves. So it's not too... This this is the problem with colorism. I feel like, yes, we know that your proximity to whiteness gives you privilege. We know that. Um, I think the problem with dark-skinned people is that they, for me, this is my life, 
is they try to invalidate, like I said earlier, they try to invalidate my experiences because I'm lighter. Like if you're sitting here telling me that I don't get racism because I'm light, you're a fucking liar. <laughs> right. You're you're a fucking liar. Do I may get less than you? Absolutely. I believe that. Yes. Do I get do I um do I get some kind of privileges? Honestly, if if you want me to keep it a 100 the privileges that I get for my light skin come from black motherfuckers. Hmm. Honestly, like if I want to keep it gutter about my light skin privilege, makes sense. What yeah. niggas like black men make treat me different than dark skinned women because they fetishize me. Yeah. They that say, so Oh, true. you ooh, you so red and you so pretty and you so sexy. Da, 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 da. It's that's from black men. White men never I have never met a white man that said he liked me better as a black woman because I was lighter skinned. Yeah. He has never, never said that. that. He he'll say, Oh, you a black girl. I like black girls because 'cause y'all got a big black cock. It ain't because I'm a lighter one. Now, some of them may. I don't know. But I just, this is not my experience. The privileges that I get when my mama, bless, rest her, not rest her soul. She's not dead down. No. 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 (laughs) Bless her heart. When my mama says, um, yeah, I don't like that bitch. Her black ass. And. Um, or like she, like she, my mother used to be fucking horrible with colorism. Like if you was black, baby, no. And she, that just, she, like if you was a dude, she liked light skinned pretty boys. That is her, that was better for her. And when I used, I used to date this, not date. When I was little, I had a little crush on this girl named April. One of the only little girls I had a crush on. She was like, oh Lord, you going to be liking them black ass girls. And she'll say stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And because April and everybody who know me know that I like dark everything. Like, that's just me. Like, I like dark men. That's just me. So I've always had an affinity for dark skin. It was always so smooth and pretty and it's just what it was. And so that's crazy. I always see light skinned girls with darker skin. Yeah. And that's <laughs> like my grandmother. Like I told you, my family looked like you. But it was the darker ones that was treating me like I was something special, not the white people. You feel what I'm saying? Now, when I got older, I understood how the outside world was informing them. And that's why you heard black people saying stuff like, oh, you light skin, so you can wear any color lipstick. Oh, you light skin, you can wear any color hair. It looks so pretty on you. But white people were not directly upholding those rules that black people were giving me the white people were saying you can't sit with us light skin or not you feel what i'm I saying feel like you would have to be my color to really be able to accept it from white people and i didn't realize i was getting a lot of privilege um until i got older till i was in the, my dad had a white girlfriend all white everything she just happened to mm-hmm. like him and <laughs> and we stayed with her he brought her into her house he no wait he brought me and my sister into her house and I, I didn't really think nothing of it till I got older, but my sister used to lay on the floor in a whole different room while I got to sleep with her. I just thought it was like maybe because I was younger. But now I'm like, no, because even her family didn't really want my sister around, but they always brought me around. Mm. And I've always been embraced by white women. And my aunt used to tell me, she's dark skinned, she used to tell me, you know, a lot of white women look at you and just praise you because sometimes they wish they could have your features. And I'd be like, huh? 
And like it was just like it was weird. It's weird navigating that space, knowing right. that I could be with my sister and she not be accepted by people. Or they, right. right. And then me just I just could navigate in these spaces like everything's normal. And that's a real thing. Yeah. And, <laughs> if you, and, and, and I think that e- people try to demonize us for the privilege that we have. And I think the only time that you should be demonized for that privilege is when you are not using it to the right. pro black advantage. Right. The pro black advantage. Like right. if you're not using those those if I get in a space like for let me give you an example. That's another thing. Well, let me. <laughs> colorism is a really sensitive topic. For it me. is. When when uh, another thing in my life, the privileges, like I said, the privileges that I get, usually f- the fruits of that privilege come from black folks, darker black folks. This is another thing that happened. So I was in school. I went to a black school. The in the office. So in the office, the administration office where you go pay your fees and da 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 da. I'm in a room full of nothing but dark skinned black women and I'm trying to get my out of state fees waived. Right. Mm -hmm. So because when you go to a high school outside of the state that you're going to college, you got to pay out of state fees. So but I had lived in Texas for a long I I had lived in Mississippi. I'm sorry, Mississippi for a long, 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 long time. So I kind of qualified because I lived in the state for so, 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 so long. And so we were trying to, I was trying to get them to waive the out-of-state fees because I've been living here. I'm a resident of the state. Da, 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 da. So the black ladies would not, like, they would not let me make it. Like, for whatever reason, they would not waive my fees. So they kept, like, kind of being rude about it. Like, oh, it ain't nothing we can do. And nah, 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 nah. But that wasn't true. They were lying and how I found out they're lying. So I'm standing there at the hallway and everybody's getting shit done or whatever, blah, 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 blah. So I kind of walk off from the little, this little cashier register place where we had to fill out the papers. And I walked off because she kept telling me no and you don't, you don't qualify and kind of really rude about it. So I walked off. Next thing I know, this light-skinned lady come out of the back. She's in the office too, their office. She's a part of the staff Mm -hmm. and she comes out and comes out of the building because I walked out of the building. She comes out and grabs me. She said, hey, come here. And I'll come. She's a light-skinned lady, look just like me, uh-huh. um, complexion-wise. And she says, hey, come here. What um, what was you just trying to do in there? And I told her that I was trying to get my um, my fees waived. Uh-huh. And so she was like, come on. So she leads me back into the school. Now, this is a black school. Why would I need to be worried about this bullshit? But, right. okay. <laughs> She takes me into the her back office with them. Like she has her own office and da 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 da. da. So she sits there, and she pull, pulls me up, and she was like, "Oh, I see what's going on." Da 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 da. da. And change some stuff, and she gets my fees waived. Wow. And she says, "These black ass bitches in here, they hate anything yellow. Uh, That's why it's only me here." That's on the eight that anything that's our color, these motherfuckers is not going to let you get anything through. That's why the same thing I just did for you, they could have did for you too. And they didn't. And they done did it for the dark skinned girls this whole damn time. Oh wow. Huh. And so, since they wanna play that game, I'm coming and waving your fees. Why did I have to go through that? Right. If it makes me uncomfortable, it's annoying. 
it makes me uncomfortable that we're doing this and we're having this <clears throat> light skinned sister moment. Yeah, we gotta stick <laughs> right. together. Why can't it just be normal? I, yeah, like <laughs> it shouldn't even be this. Like I, right. it shouldn't be the light skinned girl gotta come out and help me. Right. But then I understand. Yeah, you know, they're trying. They're tr- I'm trying. They're trying to balance it out. You mm-hmm. light skinned bitches been getting privilege, mm-hmm. but I don't give a fuck about that right now. <laughs> I'm just, just trying to, to get my. Money I'm trying to go to school and I can't afford these fucking these fees, <laughs> and I'm black. So, and I'm coming to a black school because <laughs> I'm pro black. So the fact that you are turning me, me a black student away. It's annoying, and that she had to go through this. This whole, like, I'm not black. Like, mm-hmm. it's different if I'm a white person trying to come to the black school and you're not waving my fees. <laughs> but I'm a black girl with a black dark skinned mother. Not, she ain't dark skinned. She's just caramel. But she thinks she dark skinned. So I thought she was dark skinned. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she, I was black for the longest. I'm like, yo. <laughs> I'm like, yo. This is what we like. This is the problem. Colorism is an internal thing. It really is. It's like, yo, like, come on. Because I still, I still get racism from white folks. Like, I never get, I never see the light skin privilege. Now, I don't want to say never. I want to say 95% Rarely. of the time, uh-huh. the privileges that I get is from black folks. 5% of the time, yeah, I can feel some kind of, hmm, she's on some colorism shit. <laughs> like somebody hired me and they say something like, "Well, you know, you're not like regular black girls." <laughs> you know, I uh, I get it sometimes from other people, but most of that shit it come from. You it's know, weird because it's weird because I be thinking about like other countries that I've been to. They not super weird like that. Well, some Egypt is kind of like that. I've been like they kind of real colorism. Yeah, they weird. They real problematic there. Yeah, (laughs) they real problematic, but they ignorant to a lot of blackness is a global global thing. Yeah, it's a global thing. Colorism (laughs) is a global thing. In every community, you know, Italians. Like when you think of Italians, they were the darker of the Europeans, and they swear to God they ain't got no fucking black in them. (laughs) And nigga, you do. That's why y'all skin is olive and y'all hair is dark. Like you, mm-hmm. y'all come from y'all. Moors was fucking with y'all ancestors, mm-hmm. and that's why y'all are what y'all are. But they just anti-blackness is just right. right. They'll be like debating if everybody's still from Africa still. <laughs> Stupid, <laughs> just dumb. So I get what you're saying in regards <laughs> to how it can make you feel. Um, <laughs> the myth of privilege. Like, I think privilege is exaggerated. Mm-hmm. It definitely um, is. I think it's exaggerated, and I know <laughs> some people may disagree, but I think that it's exaggerated. Um, I think that what we, I think recently they were talking about Beyonce being light-skinned is why she got to the peak of her, um, of her they success. Said that. I was listening to her fucking sing the national anthem and shit. Where Fuck that. <laughs> her voice is phenomenal. Amazing. <laughs> It, but it's not just the light skin that gets you there. You have to have the talent too. Right. But also, and even that might be a portion yeah. of why you accept it. But we got to look at the dark skin ones who are successful too. Look at Whitney Houston. Mm-hmm. One oh. of the reason, remember, is proximity to whiteness. One of the reason, Whitney Houston, Michael Jackson, Mar- Mariah Carey. 
Whitney Houston, one of the reasons why she was accepted commercially, even though she was brown, is because she had a white girl fucking body and features. Mm-hmm. She had them little lips. She had the little nose. She had no shape. Whitney didn't have no shape. She didn't have no titty. Had no titties. No ass. No nothing. All the Whitney, muscles was all that muscles and fat was in them vocals. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she didn't. She didn't have nothing but that. She had a more commercial voice. She didn't have that Patty LaBelle churchy church mother voice. She had a commercial voice mm-hmm. that had a little bit of soul in there. Not a little bit. She had a lot of soul, but. Um, but it, it was so it could be soulful, but it also could be commercial too. Mm-hmm. So she had that, but she looked at like a white woman dipped in chocolate. That's true. If you look at her, she don't have black features. She the don't no, have a big the nose. nose. The, the nose is a little something, something. Just a little something. Yeah. It ain't black like Patty. It ain't black <laughs> like if she she just give a white woman. Then look at Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson gave you the opposite not, and i'm not just talking about his skin color mm-hmm. i'm talking about his mannerisms mm-hmm. his mannerisms did not give you the stereotype of a black man yeah. he was shy timid kid like that image was the total opposite of a black man true so it was able for the it was more palatable to white people they could say oh He's so nice and sweet and timid. So we can embrace him because he doesn't give you Tupac. Mm -hmm. He doesn't give you blackness like that. Oh, my God, blackness. It's very, oh, it's it's mild and timid and shy. So it's more palatable than just a normal black singer like Teddy Pentagrass that gave you that black viral viral sexiness (laughs) like it's like you know know, it's just it's he had that so michael didn't have that so it was more palatable to white people so it was more commercial so and you got mariah who has that mixy looking look i'm not white but almost white you know that kind of look so every one of the celebrities that we know that are super celebrities that are black they have something about them, and it's not necessarily their black skin. I mean, necessarily yeah. their light skin. There was something about them that was more palatable to white people. That's a Beyonce. That's a Whitney. That's a Michael. That's a everybody uh, who was star. Yeah, I always think about. I wonder if it would be the same if Bob Marley was dark skin. It would not be. He would not be as. Oh, embrace because he's very made it known. He's very pro-black and very pro-black and mixed right, and biracial. Right, so it was more like, oh, he's sweet. Mm-hmm. But at the time, it was kind of like, what the fuck is this? But now it's like, oh, he's a sweet guy. <laughs> so it's kind of been like, oh, he's handsome. So you know, absolutely, I fuck with him. I think I think that's what people. I don't th- do. I think that uh, that Beyonce's light skin helped in some kind of way yeah yes yeah but to put to over exaggerate and say that's the only reason or that's the main reason is ridiculous (laughs) and i think that's the problem i think (laughs) that's the problem like yes we're going to acknowledge that it comes with a privilege but we can't say that this is the only reason because she is very talented yeah come on get out of here I became a Kaya friend through the gay club. Also, we're going to talk about Queen's Court. <laughs> we could. I th- I, I, okay, I want to know. <laughs> did, y'all, did y'all see what happened? Why they fell out? And the comments that were made 
by Kia. Kaya. Mm, let me say this. <laughs> we all been watching this, so we all know what's going on. Because we, we all was fans of the Queen's Court, right? I was. Yeah, yeah okay. I was a little bit, little there, bit, it was little cute. bit. <laughs> and this may no, be controversial. You know, like you wasn't tuned in with me getting your life. No, I, it was funny at first. Then Kyle, she started reading Kevin Gates and I ain't with that. So go ahead. <laughs> I don't know if this is going to be problematic. But I'm, I'm a real bitch. Anybody, I say what the fuck I want. So here we go. Let me say this. I feel that their fan base, Kaya and T.S. Madison, are very similar in their makeup. So, there are women who are going to look at Maddie and be fans with her because they feel like, I like Maddie because she's a type of trans woman that keep it real. You know, she knows she a dude, but, <laughs> you know, she knows she not no real woman and she don't True. try to fake the funk. She keep it real. AKA, she stays in a man's place uh. and don't try to be in my spot. Mm-hmm. There's that ratchet, ghetto, mm. non evolved thinking bitch that, not that being ratchet is a problem, I'm ratchet. <laughs> I'm, but uh, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. That little banji, that banji demographic that do not respect your womanhood. and the fact that you are not claiming to be a woman and you are not claiming you kind of have that straddle the fence type of transgender mentality they can ride with you Mm -hmm. and that same type of woman is gonna be kaya's right demographic too so, of course, what you think is she heating you down after y'all fall off? Exactly. <laughs> it's not, she and Madison is going to be okay with that. She's going to be okay with, I know my place, you know your place. And Kia, Kaya been doing this fucking shit. Like, she's been having problematic language, even on the show. Right. Even with just everybody. Just everybody. She's had problematic language. She's used punk sissies and punks and fags and, <laughs> and um tranny real problematic tranny language and trans language and uh, and, so unbothered by it. and this is her like we know this is her and please stop acting like we are we have not we don't have an auntie or uncle or something who we love that has problematic fucking language around our gayness or our transness that have problematic that we just deal with it because it's just them don't we yeah we do I don't yeah. really and, know my people like that <laughs> Well, I don't know. So, my, <laughs> my my people, I know some people that I love. My Aunt Joe, I love her to death. Oh, wait, but I do. My grandma. She actually, she uses the version. Like, she. this is what my Aunt Joe does. She will use my dead name, but she will make it a girl version of my dead name. <laughs> That's so shady. <laughs> so, my name is not Dewan, but let's say that it's Dewan. <laughs> she, when I walk in, she said, "Hey, Mister Wanna." <laughs> <laughs> That's I feel like. So she'll say something like that. She will make a girl version of my of my dead name instead of calling me by my name. Uh-huh. <laughs> she'll use it, and so I love her name. I'm like, "Oh, girl," and I move along because she old, and I don't even want to have this conversation with her. 
Because, you know, they can't be moved. They ain't going to be moved. And this is what the Lord says. <laughs> well, I know what it is. And and I love you anyway. I love you anyway. And you can always. But it's also, if I need a place to stay, I can come there. She's not shunning me. She's not saying, oh, I can't deal with that shit in my house. It ain't nothing like that. She's still giving. If I need somewhere to go, I can come. So let's not act like we don't know a Kaya. Like we don't know somebody who is. They problematic as fuck, but they really don't want you to be getting behave bashed. They really don't want you to. And what I'm trying to say is that there are people like Kaya that are on our side, kind of. They stay they on our side, but they problematic. But does that make their behavior okay? I feel like we need to stop being sensitive sometimes when it comes to certain stuff. I don't think that's being sensitive when Kaya was like, the re- only reason why she said she worked with the gays is because it's just for work. And when her kings were telling her, why is she messing around with these punks and sissies her that get king. fucks in their ass and the ass is connected to the spine and the spine is connected to the brain. So they, that's why they're confused. And you like it's just because of work, and you didn't stick up that's for the girl. That's how she felt. Not that's how she felt. But wait, wait, wait. So let me tell you this: I have <laughs> an aunt Georgia. I have an aunt Georgia that used to block, Bible thump me down, and she would, she was, she would say, and it was implying that I was gonna get AIDS. She wasn't saying it directly, Ooh. but she was like, you know, I think that this is why it's spreading Whoa. because when you add the semen. And and the anus and then what? the sh- and the the chakra. I think the power just just like she said this weird ass shit. The power just um with the semen and the and the fecal matter. And I think that's just a breeding ground for viruses and <laughs> disease. And that's why y'all more at risk. And and she went into this whole conversation. But this was the same lady who would come when nobody would come to school and give me some coins to fill up my refrigerator for me to eat. Call me and see if I'm doing okay. Call me to see if I need help at school. She was the same person that was in my back. She had problematic shit, but she kind of supported me too. This, Yeah, that's why I dusted down because it'd be mostly ignorance and miseducation. Yeah. That's why I dusted down a lot these days because they don't know what they be talking about. But when you educate somebody and they continue to go down that path, then what? Because, I mean, clearly she's educated. She stays in Atlanta. She's around gay people, the LBGT community. You just choose to be ignorant That's towards true. certain things. Now, I'm not saying what that if you it's, can I'm choosing she got to have a different belief. What if what you're trying to teach me I don't believe is true? Think about that. Okay, so, like, if. if uh, you, okay, what you're trying to teach is she wouldn't believe that's true or one of those pr- people wouldn't quote unquote believe it's true then why be in spaces that you feel like you don't believe in it's not that i don't believe in you or i don't believe you exist it's i don't agree with your like if i'm a christian and i think homosexuality is wrong i still believe that homosexuality is wrong but mm-hmm. i guess because we're human and we're in the same spaces i can work with you at work I can work with you at work. I don't need to say, oh, I don't want this faggot by me. I don't need to be like that. (laughs) But I still think homosexuality is wrong. But that doesn't mean that when we're at work, I'm going to be like, ugh, gross. I don't want you around me. So, like, I'm tolerating you. Me living in a cis world because I blend in easily, I see where they be coming from. So I have more compassion because they just be real miseducated. Mm. And sometimes you got to choose your battle. you Go ahead. Go no no no. Explain <laughs> it. Keep going. So you so you saying you 
you can understand because you're more passable and you understand where they're coming from because you have the, you're in those spaces where you can talk to the ignorant folks. Um, like I understand if that's the only world they know why they would have that train of thinking because I lived in the regular cis heteronormative. It's not grace them. Yeah. Because it's like you're choosing to be you're like you're like, okay. Because I know it's I'm not here true. For you, but you're going to hell. But I know it's not true. So So is it, so not having a different belief to you is not okay. No, no, it's okay. I just So how do you reconcile how that? How can like, you be half half supportive and not but I my mom is kinda like that too. I my mom is like um she loves me down, but you gotta answer to God at the end of the day. Right. So you so gotta that's learn it. to dust it down. But that's my mother. <laughs> like. and, and she and she and and remember, just like you're like, oh, that's my mother. So I gotta sometimes let that shit go. She's in that same space where if you were somebody else, I ain't gotta fucking deal with your faggot ass. But this is my baby. <laughs> I love you. Yeah, this is my baby. I can't just turn away from my baby. <laughs> So I got to deal with it. And maybe that change comes slow. But this is my child. I spit this motherfucker out. What am I going to do? Not talk to him? Not deal with him? Yeah. No. If, you call, if you calling me so confused. Okay? No, if you calling me confused and I know I'm not confused, there's nothing I can change about you thinking I'm confused. But I know I'm not. So I'm just not going to let it get to me. So just let him make it. Yeah, like there's nothing you can do. No, 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 I'm here for it. Because no. you have to navigate in spaces where people don't agree with you, of course. All the time. And you and it's uh I have to feel like you gotta choose your battles. Like yeah. like it's like you do do I wanna argue if I was Maddie, would I wanna argue and teach Kia every fucking episode? Kaya, I keep calling her Kia. Kaya every fucking episode? No, I'm not gonna wanna do that every episode. Especially when you're not you know she's not gonna change. That's who right. She is. So and this is for kikis and gags. Yeah, me so personally, I wouldn't hang out with her. But if Maddie want to hang out with her, go ahead. I can watch I, it. <laughs> right. But see, I'm kind of devil. I'm kind of riding the fence because I I kind of feel like some of the stuff she was saying was out of anger. And then Maddie did say she moment, liked to yes. drink and smoke. So you know when you about you feeling it, you kind of say some things that you don't really feel if you wasn't under the or if you went in anger mode and i feel like the girls are attacking me i'm gonna attack back and i'm not gonna be politically correct i'm gonna say what i really feel it's it's certain things like like that how many times have i called another trans woman a man because i'm mad at this bitch bitch you a man bitch you a whole man over there you a whole brick (laughs) but afterwards you know if you get good with your good girlfriend you know what i mean all that bitch you just (laughs) right (laughs) like just because i'm angry in a minute in the moment, I might say some transphobic, problematic shit. Am I trying to grow out of that? Yes, but... Mm. <laughs> Baby, listen, yeah. I feel like when you come for me, everything is balls. Like, girl, I'm going to call you the brickity's brick, if, even if I don't think you are. I'm going to try to make you, you upset. Manny. What did she call her? Mansy? No. Huh? What's Mandy, Mandy Manor. Man- <laughs> <laughs> like you know shit like that she you said know that. yeah she she's being real extra but kaya has always been extra like i didn't i wouldn't expect this not from her like if mm-hmm. she would have not went this route it would have surprised me yeah. mm-hmm. like this is kaya like this is her being unrefined real ignorant and not quote, necessarily unquote. real in her life mm-hmm. like real as in That's this what is I mean. really her like this is i'm 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 seeped and sopped in my ignorance. This is her. So, I mean, I don't find I'm I'm I, P 
people trying to hold her accountable. Well, oh, she's being anti-gay. And, 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 but she's always been like this. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily anti-gay. It's just I say punks and sissies. That's I'm a country-ass girl. So I'm going to say punks and sissies. Because that's what motherfucking country bitches. How, if you from the South, mm-hmm. you done heard a country bitches refer to even gay motherfuckers mm-hmm. refer to themselves as that. That's just mm-hmm. the language. That's Y'all just the culture. The That's what it is. And so this is her. So I'm going to not look at her and say, oh, my God, Kaya, you need to be more politically correct. Because we ain't watching Kaya for political right. correctness. We ain't wa- I'm not watching Madison for political correctness. I'm watching Madison and Kaya for that. A Kiki. K- kiki, cross the line, not politically correct, funny, <laughs> Over the top gag. <laughs> Did she just say that? <laughs> that bitch crazy. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm watching them for. I am not watching them for activist duties. That's not, I'm not watching them for politically correctness. I'm watching them for my kikis. I'm not watching, um, who else is like that? I'm not watching Dave Chappelle for political correctness. Mm-hmm. So me hearing him make rape jokes, me hearing him make jokes about trans folks. Unfortunately, do I not, not want people to make these kind of jokes? No, but it was funny. The I shit was funny to me. Funny. I don't watch him for political correctness. It's funny. So right. I watched it. The interesting thing about his jokes, I was like, they funny. But you have a lot of knowledge about it. Too. Uh-huh. Like the way the way he was presented was like, oh, you got, you know, some tea, you know, kind of what you're talking mm-hmm. about. So it was funny in that regard because he, it was, it was ignorant, but it wasn't. But that balancing that yeah. line, balancing that line, I think that's what the genius of him is, mm-hmm. and the genius of Kaya and Madison is they are in that sweet spot of ratchetness that we kind of like. <laughs> we may not want to admit that we like. But I we know, all know a, a girlfriend. We, I like know that. a Kaya. Mm-hmm. I know a Madison. I know these people, and I love these people. Like mm-hmm. these are people that I love. I know some ratchet trans women. I know some um, trans women that kind of have some problematic language about their transness, and I'm like, mm-hmm. that makes me cringe. Yeah. But everybody got you still own my language. sister, and I still live for you. <laughs> um, I got that Kaya. Like I said, I got girls in my family that are exactly like Kaya, but they love me down. If I got to twirl and they'll twirl too. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? They not going to let nobody talk shit about me. They might say some problematic shit, but if I'm out and about and the motherfuckers is fagging me down, they're going to be like, motherfucker, you're not going to talk to my cousin like that. Right. <laughs> not, they might say, he ain't even messing with nobody. <laughs> 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 they might give you all of that. And if he want to live his life like that, then let him be a woman. <laughs> exactly. All of that. You know, that's their way of being on your side. Is it problematic? Yeah. We can talk. We can push the needle and say, girl, don't, uh-huh. next don't time, call me a man, Don't girl. call me he, girl. Make it better. <laughs> but they are on your side. Don't lose that ally. That's the end of the show, y'all. So next week, I'm going to talk about how me, Queer Walk, and t Queen and Jay terrorized the fuck out of <laughs> South by Southwest. They knew not to invite the black bitches. <laughs> All right. See y'all next week. Well, that's it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's Plate. You can listen to us on iTunes, 
and SoundCloud. Make sure you leave a review because we really need those five stars, y'all. And go like our Facebook page and leave some comments. We will be posting exclusive content every Thursday, so you definitely don't want to miss out. You can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you'd like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamond, S-T-Y-L-Z, at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye-bye. You going to say bye, Mia? Oh, bye, y'all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Every little thing's going to be all right. Thank you. Thank you.